hello everybody welcome back if this is your first time here then welcome to you as well glad to have you coming to you almost certainly in a pre-recorded fashion from the heart of south louisiana where just because the rest of the country starts off the fall season doesn't mean that we do mother nature somehow never gets the memo when it comes to the south down here so be that as it may this is the down south it podcast my name is clark and today we're going to be going over something a little new, but it will tie into the very first episode of this podcast. So if you're a longtime listener, and I really hope that you have been, that means we're going to revisit Solid State Drives, which was the very first episode of this podcast. And we're going to get into the newest iteration of Flash Memory in the M.2 form factor. So if you want to find out all the platforms that the pod's on, don't forget, check out the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. All the links that are on the top of the page, including the YouTube channel and the Facebook page. You can hear any of the past episodes with the embedded player or see any of the videos that I've made, including the tutorial on how to turn a Raspberry Pi into a game console. Very cool stuff on there. Take a little bit. See if you like anything. Something might tickle you fancy. You never know. So let's go ahead and jump right in and let's see what kind of waves we can make. Now, in the last few months, solid state drives have steadily been dropping in price to where at least at the time of this recording, the price of solid state drives and mechanical drives have been pretty much on. It's been pretty much a wash, at least in the lower capacities, at least. And in some cases, there are even cheaper solid states than regular hard drives. So with the prices and availability of these becoming a lot more mainstream, you almost have to wonder if there's a place for regular hard drives in the market in the coming years. And to be honest, yes, there will be, but a lot of it will be relegated to more enterprise use and things like that. And the one major reason for that is because no matter how fast SSDs are, and how safe they are to use, at some point, they do wear out. Now, it does take a while for it to happen, but the chips within a modern solid-state drive can only be overwritten so many times before the information degrades to the point that it can't be used anymore. So hard drives, on the other hand, will work basically until the drive itself mechanically fails. Now, in fairness, in under normal, regular use conditions, the time that a hard drive will fail and the time that it will take the information to degrade on an SSD is roughly about the same. I mean, it could be a little little here and there, a little leeway, but it's, it's going to be somewhat close. So unless you're looking at extremes in conditions or in use, especially like with a, a NAS system where everything's running all the time, camera systems where everything's writing all the time, you know, something like along that line, then they they should last about the same amount of time before they crap out. Should. So that all depends on a ton of factors. Again, not every system is the same. So your mileage may vary, but as far as solid states go, besides the price coming down and the storage capacity going up, they've also gotten more advanced. Now, modern solid states have a lot more efficient controllers. The chips, uh, especially for caching data, 
high speed NAND flash memory chips. You know, it, all these things have come a really long way in the last couple of years. The controllers, they basically do exactly what they say. They control the data coming into the SSD, waiting to be written, and figures out the most efficient way of writing it to the flash memory chips and where on those chips, those different parts of the data will be stored. Because in essence, unless it's a really large file, like a video file or a, you know, a really, really high definition picture, something that takes up a lot of space, that's a single contiguous file, the data is going to be stored in all different parts of the memory on several different chips. So the controller needs to remember where all the, all those parts are. It's basically like a shotgun. When you shoot a shotgun, the BBs go everywhere. <laughs> and that's kind of what, that's kind of basically what this does. So it's, it's along that same line. And the reason that it does this is because if everything's spread across the memory chips, it can be accessed faster at a later date. And also so that one particular chip isn't getting used too much. Now would cause, you know, degradation on that one single chip. And they don't want that so, because, you know, that would make the whole drive fail. So they spread everything out over everything to where everything gets to try, or at least they try to have everything degrade at the same rate. The, like I said, under normal use. So different things. But no matter where everything is, the controller knows where all the parts of those files are. So it's all good. No big deal. Now, as far as the flat, the, the memory chips, these are all non-volatile memory. So they won't lose data stored on them, even if the, they lose power. We definitely want that because you don't want your data to go away as soon as you turn your computer off. Anything non-volatile is going to stay on the drive. If it was regular RAM, then that's volatile memory. As soon as you wipe the power, it goes away. This does not. And we've had this kind of chip around for a long time now. Cameras use it, USB flash drives, MP3 players, smartphones, just about everything that has memory nowadays pretty much uses non-volatile memory like just like this, this flash memory. So, I mean, we use it all the time. We just might not even knew that we were using it. Now, the newest and probably the most important feature that solid states have incorporated has been the chips for the cache. And is not cash as in money. It's cash as in a hoard of stuff that you hoard away, kind of like a, a cache of treasure. But basically, they work a couple of different ways. And basically, they will temporarily store the data as it's coming into the drive and waiting to be sent to the memory chips. And it also serves as kind of a basically a holding area for data that's been read that's being accessed by the computer. Because the solid state drives, they can access information so fast, pretty much almost instantaneously. And your computer, the motherboard, can only read so much information at a time. So it needs a place to hold that information while the motherboard is basically downloading it. So that's what these cache chips are for. Now, the good thing is, while the information that you were looking for is on the cache chip, the solid state is done. It's done doing its job. So it's available to either read more stuff or, you know, access more data or write more data to it. So that cache chip is, has been critically important 
Now, most solid states in desktops nowadays and laptops use a connection called SATA, S-A-T-A, and it stands for serial A-T-A, and it's usually either SATA 2 or SATA 3. And that kind of depends on your motherboard, then how old it is and, you know, that kind of thing. But this is the same connection that the mechanical drives have used for years now. So the solid states basically adopted this interface, even though they run a lot faster than what the, the connection will allow. So the newest drives that we're going to talk about use a different type of interface, and we're going to get into that, but a little bit. But anyway, the SATA 2 interface will run at a max of 300 megabytes per second, while SATA 3 runs at 600 megabytes per second. Now, that's fast. That's really fast. But the flash memory chips that are in an, in a solid state drive can pull gigabytes of data at a time. So adding that cache chip was very important to keep everything running smooth and to make sure that none of the data gets lost. So with solid states, we get the added benefits of them being faster to read, write data. They run cooler. They're more power efficient. They have no moving parts. So you don't have any vibration, no noise, anything like that, that normal hard drives come with. But what if you wanted to go faster? we're all about fast on this channel, especially with computers and Wi-Fi and just about anything. And faster is always better. So what if you wanted to go faster? Well, the max from the old SATA connections is about 600 megabytes. So what if we wanted to read multiple gigabytes at a time? What if you gain? What if you game a lot? Or you always move a lot of large files. You work with pictures. You do editing. You do video editing. Then there's only one option for you. And that's an M.2 drive. But before I get into those, there's an underlying problem of the amount of data that can be written or read at one time. And the solution for it, we already had. But it wasn't being used in the way you think. So I'm going to sidebar here just a little bit, but it's worth mentioning. So the old SATA connections weren't the only connections on a motherboard. There were other data connections, the connections for the USB ports, their graphics ports, which have all pretty much been phased out now, PCI ports. And these are the expansion ports that I'm going to talk about, because on most modern motherboards, you have PCI or, you know, card slot ports called PCI Express or PCIe. Now, these ports give expansion cards, you know, and now memory, a high bandwidth connection to the motherboard so that massive amounts of data can pass to and from whatever's plugged into them. Now, whether it be a graphics card, whether it be a hard drive, whether it be flash memory, whether it be anything, it really doesn't matter. But that's what these connectors are for. PCIe's had a few different types, and basically each one has a different size that slots into the motherboard. And the larger the the card that you can slot in means that the more data it can use at one time. So the different types are numbered, and it's usually by a number and an X after it. So there's PCIe 1X, 4X, 8X, and 16X. 
And the number refers to the number of data lanes that the card will use. And just like a regular lane on a highway, you know, data can be sent and received on this lane. The more lanes on the highway, the more cars can be on it. Same thing with this. More data lanes you use, the more bandwidth you have. So now within PCIe, there are different versions and all the different versions are backward compatible. There is PCIe 4.0 right now, but most laptops and PCs have 3.0. Uh, 4.0 is just starting to kind of take off a little bit, so it's not very widespread as of yet. But just to give you an idea of how fast this is, each PCI lane that you can do on PCIe 3.0 can transfer 7.7 gigs per second. So if you go that across 16 lanes, that's 126 gigabytes worth of bandwidth total that you can transfer at a one time. Now that is an insane amount of data that you can move. That pretty much blows the old one right out the water, right? And just think of that, the PCIe 4 is even faster. So, but using these data lanes and everything, that's how these M.2 drives transfer data. They use the same high bandwidth lanes that the expansion cards use. And it's basically a modified solid state drive. So if you look at a M.2 drive and, and the newer versions are actually called NVMe drives or non-volatile memory express and basically non-volatile for the memory type, just like in solid state drives and express because they use the PCI, PCI express lanes to transmit you their data. So these drives look almost like a stick of RAM, the, the RAM chip uh, memory chips. That's pretty much what they look like, except for the gold connectors being on the bottom. The gold connectors are on the side and they start off. They're about an, about an inch and an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter wide. And they go up to maybe three and a half, four inches long. All the chips are usually exposed. They have a few different sizes. And basically, they they number the sizes. And the number is the width and the length. So there are 2240s, which are 22 millimeters wide and 40 millimeters long. There's 2280s, same thing, 22 millimeters wide, 80 millimeters long and 22 110s. So just to kind of give you an idea, like I said, is that's basically what it is. And usually if you're looking for M.2 drives, most of them are going to be in that 2280 size. That's that's kind of the, the bread and butter zone of where they're at. They do have some of the longer ones, but most of them are going to be in that 2280 size. Now, as far as the slots that these new drives use, they actually have their own slot on the motherboard and it's a little slot that's it looks almost like the PCIe slot, but it's turned on its side. So you won't see the actual gold contacts usually when you're looking for, for them, but you slide you basically slide the, the drives in and then hold them down with a screw. So it, it's kind of it's kind of a nifty thing if you see them. You know, you, the cool thing is you can hide these, too. They use they you can hide these on a, a motherboard and they have shrouds that cover them that make everything look nice and neat and tidy. They look cool. Now, if you do look at these, they do have a couple of different connectors on the sides that they use. 
the original M.2 standard uses one that ha- uses only two of the PCI lanes and is still the way it's laid out is still used to use some of the old SATA transmission protocols and things. And you can see, you know what these look like because the, the connector on the side actually looks like an M if you stand it up. So it has one notch on each side and then the actual connector in the middle. The newer version is the NVMe drives. Those have, you can use four PCIe lanes and they've been pretty much optimized to only use PCI lanes, which is makes them that much faster. And they only have one notch on the left side instead of the two notches like the, the original ones did. Now, I do have pictures of some of these uh, M.2 drives on the show prep for this episode. So if you head to the website and to the show prep, it, the link is right under the embedded player on the homepage. You can check out and see what these look like. But how much faster are these M.2 drives than the regular solid state drives? Well, the newer NVMe drives can tra- do a transfer rate, uh, transfer data at a max rate of about 3,500 megabytes per second. So when you do the math, and I did just for y'all, that's about 3.417 gigabytes per second that can transfer. So give or take, when you download, say if you download a regular movie file in Blu-ray, if you do a 1080 movie, that's usually about a gig and a half. So in this instance, you'd be able to do two complete 1080p movies in a second. How crazy is that? Now, I do want to mention that speeds like that are under ideal conditions. And it's usually for really, really big files. So again, if you're moving movies, if you're doing a lot of photos, photo editing, video editing, that kind of thing, these kind of drives may save you a ton of time. But if you're using this for normal use, and granted, this is a big but, you probably really won't see a whole lot of performance boost with an M.2 drive than you will with a solid state drive. And that's just because the whole thing with them is they, it needs to be continuous files. So if, unless you're moving a whole lot of big files around, you probably really won't see a whole lot of benefit from it. But even so, the price of the solid state drives have been coming down as of late, like I mentioned earlier. But the M.2 drives, they're still really new and they're still pretty pricey. So just just like with the solid state drives, the lower capacity ones are the ones that are somewhat in line with the hard drives. They're still more expensive than regular hard drives or solid state drives, but they're not, it's not quite as bad. The higher you go in capacity, the prices skyrocket. So, I mean, it, but solid state drives do, do that too. So, you know, as of this recording, you know, some of the best all around, pretty much the best all around solid state drive that you can, that I found, especially, you know, reading the message boards, seeing reviews, different things like that is probably going to be the Samsung 860 Evo. That's the newest version. They had an 850, but now this is the 860. There's a ton of models, ton of models for solid state drives, and I'm not knocking any of them. Okay. 
but just based on reviews and everything that I've read, the 860 Evo seems to be pretty much the best all-around solid state for the money right now. Now, like I said, I'm not knocking any of the other ones. The other ones will probably work just fine for you if you wanted to go a little bit cheaper route. I would suggest, though, that if you are looking into an SSD, make sure the, the manufacturer is a known good manufacturer. If they make flash drives and you know that company name, then you can probably fairly be certain that the, the solid state drive is going to be okay. You know, like Kingston or SanDisk, Western Digital. They, they've been, Western Digital has been making hard drives forever and a day. You know, they're just getting into the solid state game, but, you know, they've been in hard drives forever. So, you know, different companies like that, if, you, if you've seen them with flash drives and different things, then you can pretty much, at least you can trust their brand of solid state drives. Just don't skimp out and do something cheap or really, really cheap because this is your data. You don't want to lose your data. You know, this is, that's pretty much what everything is nowadays. Every, everything nowadays is all about data. So if, you know, if it is, if it costs you an extra 10, 20 bucks to get a good name brand or a decent name brand, do that. That way, you know, you don't take that extra chance. So I'll get off my soapbox now. But anyway, now, like I said, the 860 Evo from Samsung is probably the best all around that I found for the money. I did just upgrade my hard drive to this particular one last week, and I haven't been disappointed either. Uh, I did go for the 500 gig version, which was about 80 bucks. And there was a one terabyte version for 120, but I, I kind of decided to do things a little different on my desktop and use the old drive at, for my pictures and stuff that I really don't use all that often and just use the solid state drive for windows. So that's basically what it is. It's everything, all the stuff that I normally do is going to be on the regular mechanical drive, but windows runs off the solid state drive. And I've been ple pleasantly surprised so far. You know, it, 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 it did boost the performance a lot. So, I mean, programs load faster, windows boots from the windows logo to the login screen in about five seconds. Uh, after logging in, everything's up and running in less than a minute. And I have a lot of crap that runs in the background on my desktop. So to, for that, you know, I really couldn't say that before. Now, like I said, your mileage may vary, but I can promise you that if you do take the plunge and replace a hard drive with a solid state drive, you're going to see things get snappier and get faster. You know, and the experience that I've had so far has been a lot more snappy and I've, I've been extremely happy with it so far if something happens i will definitely let you know but as of right now i'm perfectly happy with it now as the m.2 drives go the pricing really kind of depends on the brand since everything's still kind of splayed a good little bit so there's no one company that really has a corner on this market so everybody's trying something new or you know a little bit different sizes to see what'll fit and everything but whenever you run through it there's um, like again there's a bunch of different uh manufacturers out there western digital starting to use these samsung crucial um Kingston. I mean, there's a ton of manufacturers on these. Now, again, like I said, I, if you, when it, whenever it comes to your data, 
make sure you're using a reputable name. So, but again, from what I've read online and a lot of the reviews, most people are opting to go with Samsung on this one. Also, the most popular one that I've saw, that I've seen has been the 970 Evo and 970 Evo Plus. The uh, 500 gigabyte will set you back about 110, and the one terabyte version will run about 170 to 200, depending on where you get it. So the M.2s, they're not the most bang for your buck, but they are the fastest that you can get for your dollar. So if speed is your game, then this is something you might want to look into. (laughs) But of course, you have to have a motherboard that supports those types of drives. So if it doesn't have an M.2 slot, you really can't even consider it. But you can swap out a regular drive for an SSD. So that's always something to consider, too. So all in all, just with most things, just as with most most things, God, I can't talk right now. The world of hard drives and digital storage is slowly starting to shift and it's starting to shift away from mechanical hardware over to chip based hardware. And I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that things are going to start to evolve and they're going to be more and more trends in this direction. And that's going to take us to something new. That's the great thing about technology It's always moving. It might be moving forward. It may be moving side to side to something new, but it's always moving. And what's moving to me is all of you taking the time out of your day to spend a little bit of it with me. I want to thank you all again for listening. And if by chance you do decide that you want to move from your current drive to an SSD, let me know. I can recommend a good free software to help you get started. Uh, Don't forget to check out the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com, for everything that's going on with the podcast. All the links to the show pages, YouTube channel, the blog, the embedded player, just in case you happen to miss an episode. And you can get everything in one place right there on the website. If you happen to be on Facebook, you can find me there too. It's at DownSouthIT. Just give the page a like. Let me know you stopped by. And I always have articles on there, funny pictures, stuff like that. I try to keep up with it, you know, fairly in a, in a pretty timely manner. I try anyway. <laughs> Everything on there is usually a good read. So it's a good time had by everyone. And just like I like to end every podcast, a paraphrase from Elbert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all again for listening. You guys are all the best. I love you. I'll see you next time on the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.